0: Pastor, bless you. Praise the Lord, everybody. Would you clap your hands and give Jesus praise? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody lift your voice and give a shout of praise in the house. Come on, let your praises ring tonight. Hallelujah. I give you praise and glory, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. I'm not sure if sometimes if we even recognize what happens when we step into the presence of the Lord. Amen. We're so accustomed to coming to church. We're so accustomed to feeling the presence of the Lord that sometimes we don't even catch on. Amen. We come into church and lift our hands and begin to praise the Lord. You know what? The word is always true. Amen. Wherever folks are gathered together giving him praise, he promised he'd be there. And so Sunday after Sunday and Wednesday after Wednesday, we come in and it's almost a routine thing. Amen. But for somebody, the Holy Ghost has stepped in the room today, amen, he's come by to do something special for somebody today. It was no accident that Jesus stepped in the room today. It's just not another ordinary Wednesday night. Somebody's going to leave here blessed in the Holy Ghost. Somebody's going to leave here with their life changed. I believe that today. Somebody could leave here healed by the power of the Holy Ghost today. Oh, I wish you'd clap your hands and praise him today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. It's an incredible pleasure to be here tonight. Amen. To see all of your smiling faces. Amen. And then to know that the presence of Almighty God is in the house. That's a good night. Amen. 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 Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and just look him right in the face. Tell him you look good. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Some of y'all had trouble with that. That's that's okay. We're going to pray through after just a little bit. It's all right. Amen. Amen. Aren't you glad to be in church on a Wednesday night? Come on, clap your hands again. Give the Lord praise today. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. What a great, great day to be in church. Praise the Lord. Amen. You may be seated for just a moment uh, I won't take long here today. <clears throat> Pastor said y'all normally get out about 10, 30, or 11, so I'm, I'm, <laughs> don't anybody leave. I'm just kidding about that. Amen. I am very mindful of the time, and we're going we're gonna to finish on time tonight. If the Holy Ghost wants to do something after that, that's between you and the Lord. Is that all right? Amen. 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 We are indeed missionaries to Micronesia. How many have ever heard of Micronesia? Thank the Lord my wife's heard of Micronesia. Amen. How many have heard? Those of you that have not heard of Micronesia, it really is a place. It's not a disease, I promise. Amen. Uh, how many have heard of the island of Guam? Amen. Most of us have heard of Guam. Guam is kind of the jumping off point to get out into the islands of Micronesia. We kind of function in a dual role. We are. We have a dual appointment. We uh our missionaries to Micronesia. Now Micronesia, as far as uh, the political world is concerned, Micronesia is its own country. It's the Federated States of Micronesia, made up of four island states, Yap, Chuuk, Pohnpei, and Koshai. And, uh, <clears throat> but as far as the United Pentecostal Church is concerned, Micronesia includes the Federated States of Micronesia, the island of Guam, the Commonwealth of Northern Mariana Islands, Uh, the Republic of Palau, and the Marshall Islands. So it covers a very, very large area out in the Pacific. Amen. If you'll go from Hawaii uh, and start in Hawaii and go west all the way over to the Philippines... And then from the Philippines, go south all the way down through uh, Malaysia and Indonesia and down below Australia and then back up around over to where Hawaii is. That's the area that we cover. That's a whole lot of water. Amen. That's a whole lot of islands out there. Micronesia alone is an area that includes over 20,000 islands, just Micronesia alone. And uh, the exciting part about working in Micronesia is many of those islands have their own separate dialect. So it can be a little bit confusing. Amen. I get a little aggravated. I talk to some of those folks over there and they speak seven or eight, ten different languages. And I'm like, that's just not fair because I'm still struggling with English and y'all are talking seven and eight different languages. That's just not right. Amen. Amen. But uh, we cover a very large area. I want to bring a good report today. Amen. Just in our last term, our last four-year term, uh, we've had right at about 300 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost just in the islands of Micronesia alone. Amen. Amen. I mentioned we have a dual role. We also serve as Pacific Region Evangelists, which means that we travel anywhere in that Pacific area that I mentioned and uh, minister wherever folks need us, we go. So we do a whole lot of traveling. I've come to the place where I started calling the airplane, my mobile office. We spend a whole lot of time there. Amen. The last couple of years consecutively, my wife and I have flown over 100,000 air miles just with United Airlines. Now, that's not a plug for United. That's the only airline that services where we are, so we have to fly United, but uh, just with United over 100,000 miles. And sometimes it's big planes, and sometimes it's little bitty prop jobs. Amen. Whatever it takes to get where we're going, we're ready to get out there and make Make it happen. Amen. During our last term, we were very blessed to start a brand new church on the island of Saipan. Saipan, if you remember your World War II history, very, very strategic island. Major, major battles took place there. Amen. But thank the Lord we've been able to go in there, start a brand new church. And in the last year and a half, since we've started the church, we've had about 16 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues. Amen. The exciting part of that is when they get the Holy Ghost over there, they do it the same way we do it right here in the good old U.S. of A. They talk in other tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Amen. Amen. How many know that's the only way to receive the Holy Ghost? Amen. Amen. How many of you are thankful for your pastor and his good wife? Amen. Amen. How would you all like it if every time you came to church you had no pastor here? Oh, my, is right. Amen. Amen. Because of our deputation, we've had to leave our brand new little church there in Saipan. And uh, there is no pastor there. We need to hurry and get back so we can get back and raise up that church. Amen. The challenging part of Saipan is we have to fly. We, we, let me back up just a little bit. We live in the Philippines still. We were appointed to the Philippines when we first became missionaries back in Moses' time. Uh, But it wasn't quite that far back. But uh, we were appointed to the Philippines there. We still live there in the Philippines. And then that's where the major airport is. and, And then we travel out from there. But to get to Saipan, we have to fly into Guam. And then from Guam, we have to fly from there to Saipan. Now Saipan is about 100 miles north of Guam, about a 25 minute flight. And that little flight, just that flight alone costs us 325 US dollars per person just to make that little 25 minute flight. Very, very expensive to travel in the area that we're working in. And uh, our next closest island, uh, leaving from Guam, the next closest island is the island of Chuuk. Used to be called Truck back in World War II. Uh, that flight costs, it's about an hour and a half to, to fly that little route. That costs about $1,000 per person to get to that island. Very, very expensive to travel and work in the area that we are working in. But thank the Lord, he is pouring out the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're seeing revival. We were able to help get a daughter work, brand new daughter work started on the island of Ponape, another one of the islands in Micronesia. Amen. Uh, There on the island of Ponape. Uh, there was an Assembly of God church there. Uh, we now have three churches there on Ponape. Uh, our mother church, the daughter work, and then this Assembly of God church. Uh, the pastor of the Assembly of God church connected with our pastor. They began doing Bible studies together. He had a revelation of the one God and baptism in Jesus' name. He was baptized in Jesus' name along with his assistant pastor and the majority of his congregation. So that gives us three churches. Now on the island of Saipan, Amen. Thank the Lord. While we were there uh, on Saipan recently, uh, we had a uh, we did a leadership training session. We always try to do some leadership work while we're there. And uh, uh, Ponape, did I say a different island? I'm sorry. I meant Ponape. Nobody even caught that baby, but you. You're the only one. Thank the Lord. Uh, <clears throat> there on the island of Ponape. Uh, I get my islands mixed up sometime. Uh, We were doing some leadership training, and the pastor of that Assembly of God work. uh, I spoke to him. His his name is Yamota. uh, Imada. I'm sorry. I'll get it right. Imada. I always want to say Yamoto, and it's Imada. I'll get it straight. Pastor Imada, the pastor of the Assembly of God Church, uh, during our leadership meeting, he was there, and, and uh, I asked him uh, before the, the, the meeting started, I said, Pastor, have you received the Holy Ghost since you've been baptized? And he said, Oh, yes, I've received the Holy Spirit. And, and you know, something just clicked inside of me, and I, I just got a feeling he didn't even really know what the Holy Ghost was. How many know when the Holy Ghost comes in, you know about it? Amen. There's no question, there's no wondering about it. When the Holy Ghost comes in, you know it's there. Amen. And uh, so uh, uh, during the course of our leadership meeting, sometimes the Holy Ghost will fall at... The most unique of times. Amen. We were training leaders and in the middle of that leadership training session, the Holy Ghost began to move. Folks began to talk in tongues and were being blessed and we were going around ministering with people. We had some of the men gather around, Pastor Yamoto Imada, and uh, gathered around him and uh, began to lay their hands on him. And guess what happened? He started talking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Amen. His face lit up like a Christmas tree. He told me afterwards, he said, Brother Dibble, I really got the Holy Ghost now. Amen. I'm glad I know when the Holy Ghost comes. Amen. I knew it when I got the Holy Ghost. Amen. And everybody knows when they get the Holy Ghost. Thank the Lord. It's not just a bunch of mumbo jumbo, as we say. I was preaching years ago in the Philippines and I made that statement. I said, When the Holy Ghost comes, it's not just a bunch of mumbo jumbo. And they didn't get that that phraseology there. That that, that kind of left them in the dust. I, I saw everybody in the congregation looking at each other, going, Mumbo jumbo, mumbo jumbo. The kids after church that morning were running around, pointing at each other, going, Mumbo jumbo. Amen. They, they didn't quite get that. But you know what? When the Holy Ghost comes in, it's not just getting your tang all tangled up, as they say. Amen. It's a language. I think I'm in an apostolic church. It is a language. Amen. You're not going to know it. I probably won't know it. But when the Holy Ghost comes, you're going to talk in other tongues. Amen. Amen. Thank the Lord. We were there on the island of Ponape. And uh, it was a Saturday night, best I recall, service started. And about halfway through service, a young man came in, sat all the way in the back of the sanctuary against the wall, very handsome-looking young man, had a black shirt on, and uh, sat back there. And uh, during the altar service, we gave the altar, altar call. People were in the altar receiving the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, I turned and I looked in the back, and there was this young man sitting there. And I could see the hand of the Lord was on this guy's life. And so I immediately walked all the way to the back, walked up to this young, never met him before in my life, stuck my hand out and said, hey, I'm Brother Dibble, it's good to meet you, glad you're here tonight, you need to come to the front and get the Holy Ghost. Well, he sat there with his arms folded just like this, and I thought, oh my, I have made a mistake, I just messed up big time. And so I said, well, okay, and I just turned and walked back up to the front, praying with people in the front. Here two, three minutes later, I turned around and looked. There he was just right over here on this side of the pulpit, hands raised, tears running down his cheeks, talking in other tongues as the Spirit gave the utterance. Amen. thank the Lord. What I didn't know and I found out later was that was actually the youngest brother of our pastor there on the island of Ponape. He had been the youth leader in the church. He had gotten away from the Lord. It had been a number of years since he had even been in church. He came in that night, came up to the front, prayed back through to the Holy Ghost. God refilled him with the Holy Ghost. I believe God's going to do some incredible things in that young man's life. Amen. Now, I said all that to tell you this if you've got people that are, it, that are not in the church tonight and you know they ought to be in the church they used to be in church and full of the Holy Ghost and they're not where they ought to be today don't stop praying for them Oh, I wish somebody helped me right now. Don't you dare give up on them. As long as there's breath, there is hope. Amen. I believe God's going to do a great work of restoration in the last hour. You just keep on praying for them. Keep on believing God for them. Someday they're going to be back in church. Amen. 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 I believe that if nobody else does. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. But we're seeing great things happen uh, in the islands of Micronesia, and I'm not going to take a whole lot more time. I know uh, we're working against a time uh, element tonight, and the Pastor did tell me I could take as long as I want, but I want everybody still like me when I leave. So. Amen. I'm going to be careful about the time. A couple of things I need to share with you quickly, and then I want to talk to you from the word of the Lord tonight. Uh, We obviously need partners. We cannot do what we do unless folks like you support us on a monthly basis. Uh, it's not that we're afraid of work. I've worked all my life. My work, my wife has worked all her life. Amen. I used to build homes for a living when I pastored in the States. And so I know what it means to get out and sweat and work and not afraid of that. But because of the uh, laws in existence, uh, we are not allowed to work. And so I have to depend on folks like you to support us on a monthly basis. If you're interested in becoming a partner with us, please see me after the service. I've got these lovely yellow forms right here, and uh, we'll connect with Pastor, make sure we do everything the right way. I know the Lord will bless you. Amen. Uh, Besides our partners, uh, we have to raise a supplemental budget. We call it a project budget because of the extreme high cost of travel in the area that we work in. Uh, besides the airfare cost, uh, when we go out into the islands to uh, to get a place to stay and, and it's not fancy by any means uh, it's not a holiday inn. and thank you pastor for a lovely room to stay in this evening and a wonderful little basket in the room that was so kind I don't know if you did that or somebody else did but thank you very very much that was so wonderful and uh, it, it's nothing like the rooms we stay in here in the states uh, Pastor Anderson I think you've been overseas a little bit and you can identify with this it's just a very very simple simple. simple simple room it's not even the motel 6 they don't even leave the light on for you amen Uh, we we stay in a little bitty simple block wall room Uh, thank the Lord they're clean most of the time Uh, and usually there are no bugs inside the room About the only visitors in the room is we get those nice little green little lizards that come in and we don't mind them so much because they eat the bugs if they do get in amen I was in a a preaching at a men's conference way, way up in the mountains of the Philippines a couple of years ago, and and, uh, they took me to a place to stay for the night, and they put me in the best that they had, and I'm going to tell you what, I got in that room, uh, I took my wet shirt off from preaching and I took it and I covered my head up with it and I slept the night with that shirt over my head and all night I could hear the mosquitoes dive bombing that shirt all night long. Needless to say I didn't get a whole lot of sleep that night. But even a room like that it'll cost us somewhere in the neighborhood of two hundred US dollars a night to stay in in just a very very simple room very very expensive and because of that we have to raise some additional funds, project funds uh, to help us cover the cost of our travel uh, over the course of the next four years of our term. Now, uh, we have to raise about $50,000 for that and I am guessing uh, by the look on your faces that there are probably three or four or five of you here that have $50,000. Stuck at home, I'm getting some some laughter here, maybe not. Stuck under the mattress maybe, or in the backyard, out in the shed, somewhere, I don't know where, but uh, if you've got $50,000, I'd love to talk to you tonight. Amen. No doubt pastor would like to talk to you as well. He'd be first in line. Amen. Uh, but seriously, tonight, I, I know 50000 is a big chunk, and so what we do is we try to break that down into bite-sized pieces if you could help us tonight with a one-time offering of $100, we're going to swap you $100 for one of these nice little cards right here. Uh, very simple, very straightforward. It just simply says, I gave, they'll go. Real simple. We're going to take your $100, put it in the bank with somebody else's $100, and... Actually, we don't put it in the bank. We send it to headquarters, and they take care of it for us. But uh, we'll be able to draw from that over the course of the next four years to help us with our travel costs. So if you'd like to do that, please see my beautiful wife after service, and uh, she'd be happy to help you with that. Now, uh, just before I preach, and I'm not going to look at anybody tonight because I don't want to get in trouble. If there's anybody here, I'm just going to look at the floor for just a minute. If there's anybody here, you need to lose a couple of pounds. Don't raise your hand. I'm not looking. You need to lose a couple of pounds. This right here is an absolute surefire way to help you lose weight. Okay? Now, if I didn't have anybody's attention before, I know I've got it now. Here's how it works. If you'll help us with $100, my wife has already prepared uh, some of these cards with a little magnet on the back. You all see that little magnet there? So you give us $100, we give you the card. You take the card home, and you put the card on the front of your refrigerator. Okay, is everybody with me so far? Now, you all probably can't tell, but down here in the corner, there's there's a little picture there of my wife and I, Okay. So you give us $100, we give you the card, you take it home, put it on the front of your refrigerator, that way, every time you head to the fridge, you will see my face looking at you. It will cause you to turn and run from the refrigerator, thereby getting a little bit of exercise and losing a couple of pounds. I promise you it works today. Amen. Seriously, if you'd like to help with that, I just see my beautiful wife after service and... She will help you. Stand with me if you will. Normally I'd have my wife sing tonight, uh, but she is recovering from throat surgery. Uh, Just in January when we came home, uh, she began to get hoarse and... uh, uh, she went back home to uh, Columbia, Missouri to be with her mother at the end of March. Uh, her mother just had a knee replacement surgery. She lives alone, and so I had her go home to be with her mother for a little bit during the surgery and afterwards. And uh, it wasn't long after she was back home, I couldn't even hardly understand her on the phone. I finally went to the doctor. doctor discovered a polyp on her vocal cord about the size of a pea. And that doesn't sound real big, but when the doctor equated it to having a pee under your eyelid, that's what it would feel like. And uh, so they decided surgery was necessary. We prayed about that, talked to some people about it, and felt like that was the right thing to do. And uh, on Thursday, April 16, April the 16th, uh, they took my wife into surgery. We had had prayer before that. Took her in for surgery. She was anticipating two weeks of complete total vocal rest, which that would still be going on right now. Uh, But uh, while she was in surgery, I was just kind of wandering around like a lost puppy dog. And I just half under my breath, I said, Lord, would you just let that polyp fall off? The doctor came out about 15, 20 minutes later, brought me into a little conference room, sat me down. She said, Mr. Dibble, she said, surgery went very well. She said, it took me a little bit to get to where the polyp was. It was a little difficult to get to. She said, but when I got there, it literally fell off. And I said, excuse me, (laughs) would you say that again, please? She said, it literally fell off. Amen. Amen. So I'm grateful for the hand of the Lord on my wife, amen. She still uh, she sang Sunday night and she's still a little bit hoarse, so I'm, I'm having her lay off the voice. They made just a little incision to make sure that everything was gone, amen. But she is not having to do vocal rest. She can talk to me. That's a wonderful thing, amen. I'm glad she's here with me tonight, amen. I got news for you. She's the prettiest redhead in the world, so I'm glad she's with me, amen. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord. But uh, that's why she is not singing tonight, and uh, I I trust you'll forgive her for not being able to sing. She's got an incredible voice. matter of fact, we've got some of our CDs out there in the back, and if you're interested in one of those, she'd be happy to talk to you about that. Amen. If you have a Bible, please turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18, and we'll read just one verse, verse number 41, 1 Kings 18 and 41. Thank the Lord. How many of you have your Bible with you tonight? Aren't you thankful for technology? I'm kind of a techno geek guy. I got my iPad going up here and all that stuff. But how many know you still need to have a Bible? Woo. You still need to have a Bible. Is that all right? Amen. Thank the Lord. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 41. And Elijah said unto Ahab, get thee up. Eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. Amen. The English Standard Version translates the verse this way. Elijah said to Ahab, go up and eat and drink, for there is the sound of the rushing of rain. The Living Bible translates it this way. Elijah said to Ahab, go and enjoy a good meal, for I hear A mighty rainstorm coming. Amen. Amen. Now, when I was just a kid, and I'm not going to sing all of it today. I'll spare you. But when I was just a kid growing up in the church, I remember we used to sing this old, old song. There shall be showers of blessings. Anybody remember that? No, nobody. I see a hand back. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Amen. And then when I got a little bit older, they started singing a new song. They started singing, Send down the rain, Lord. Send down the rain. Send down the latter rain. Anybody remember that one? We need the rain, Lord. We need the rain Lord We need the Holy Ghost rain Then as I got a little bit older They started singing this one Rain on me Rain on me Holy Ghost shower Rain on me Yesterday's gone Today I'm in need Holy Ghost shower Rain on me Y'all know that? Come on sing it Rain on me Rain on me Holy Ghost shower Rain on me Yesterday's gone Today I'm in need, Holy Ghost shower, rain on me. The ancient Jews, when petitioning the Lord for the reign of blessing in and on their lives, would recite a poem in their prayer time, recounting the righteousness and relationship of past leaders. They would say this, they would say, remember our father Abraham, and for his sake, don't refuse the rain. Remember Isaac, and for his righteousness' sake, grant abundant rain. Remember Jacob, for his sake, don't refuse the rain. Remember Moses, for his righteousness' sake, grant abundant rain. Remember the high priest for his sake. Don't refuse the rain. Remember the 12 tribes and for their righteousness sake grant abundant rain. For you are God who causes the wind to blow and the rain to fall for a blessing and not for a curse, for life and not for death, for plenty and not for scarcity. Send down the rain, Lord. Send down the rain. I want to preach for just a couple of minutes today on this subject. There's a rain coming. There's a rain coming. Amen. Would you clap your hands and give the Lord praise today? Come on, somebody praise him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. Turn to somebody, give them a high five, tell them there's a rain coming. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You may be seated. The 17th chapter of 1 Kings. Begins with Elijah's declaration to Ahab, the king, that there would be no rain until he, Elijah the prophet, said so. Elijah spoke with boldness given him by God to the wicked king Ahab and announced that until I say so, until I speak the word, there will be no rain. Not only will there be no rain fall from the sky, there'll be no dew formed on the grass. uh, on the grass as well. In other words, Elijah said there'll be no form of precipitation come on this land until I give the word. Amen. Way back in the book of Deuteronomy the Lord spoke to the people of Israel and assured them that as long as they followed his plan, as long as they continued to worship the one true and living God he would ensure that rain would come and that there would be harvest and their lives would be blessed. However, God said very clearly in Deuteronomy chapter 11 that if they turned aside from serving the Lord, if they turned aside and worshipped another God beside the one true and living God, he would shut up the heaven. There would be no rain. The harvest would fail and their lives, their very existence would be affected. Amen. Rain in the scripture as most of you no doubt know tonight particularly in the Old Testament was a type of physical and spiritual blessing in the New Testament it's also a type of blessing but it also speaks to us of a reign of the Holy Ghost amen an outpouring of the Holy Ghost and so if the people of Israel chose to walk away from serving the one true and living God the God that had the delivered them out of Egypt, the God that had delivered them out of the hand of their oppressor and chose to worship some other idol or supposed deity than God, the great I am that I am, the one true and living God would shut up the heaven and there would be no rain, there'd be no blessing on their life. Zechariah the prophet spoke prophetically to the people of Israel and he said it shall be that whoso shall not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. If there is indeed a separation in your walk with God by choice, If there is by choice a decision to worship some other God beside the one true and living God, then a time of spiritual drought is certain to come. Amen. Please be assured today that if you're in a time of spiritual drought in your life today, that in itself does not indicate that you have chosen to serve another God. You may be experiencing a season of dryness in your life today. Amen. That doesn't mean that you backslidden or turned your back on God. Every child of God will experience a time of dryness. Brother and sister Anderson, you can testify about that today. At certain times in life, there's going to be some dryness. There's going to be some seasons of drought where it seems like the heaven is shut up and God is a long way away and you can't get his attention. Amen. The preacher in Ecclesiastes tells us that there's a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Amen. But those who willingly walk away from serving Jesus, who purposely are led away with false doctrine, by reason of their personal preference, they choose to live in rebellion to the word of God. They can expect nothing less than dryness and drought, amen. However, for those who have continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in spite of the drought. For those who have maintained their firm commitment to Jesus Christ, although there may be seasons of dryness, although you may be experiencing a seemingly shut-up heaven where no prayers can get through, I've come to bring you good news today. I've come to give you a word today. There's a rain that's coming. There's a rain that's coming. Amen. Amen. To those who have held on, to the truth of the gospel, to those who have held on to the truth of one true and living God whose name is Jesus, to those who have held on to the unchanging gospel of repentance and baptism in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost i have come to declare today dryness will not last forever. There is a rain coming. After Elijah's proclamation of no rain, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and said it's time to get out of town. Most of you know the story tonight. The Lord told him, head to the brook Cherith there. You'll be able to drink from the brook and I've commanded ravens to bring you food every day. The 17th and 18th chapter of 1 Kings cover a period of about three and a half years. And during that three and a half year period, there are several notable miracles of provision that take place. First of all, at the brook Cherith, uh, Elijah is fed by ravens. Not sure where the ravens got the food from. Not sure if maybe they... Uh, the ravens caught the food and butchered it themselves and cooked it themselves and then delivered it or maybe God himself was the chef. He had a raven's restaurant back in the jungle somewhere, amen. But somehow, someway, twice a day, every day, food was delivered to Elijah beside the brook, amen. When the brook dried up and no water was available, God sent Elijah to a widow's house. Arriving at the widow's house, Elijah tells the widow, get me something to drink and while you're at it, fix me a meal, can you imagine walking into a total stranger's house and sitting down at the table and saying, Hey, get me a Coke and fix me some meat while you're at it? Several years ago, we had one of our missionaries in the Philippines. Uh, He was out in one of the more remote islands, and he got up in the morning started walking down the street and walked into what he thought was a restaurant, sat down at the table, ordered some food, come to find out it was someone's home. And the crazy part was they brought him food. If that had been in America, we'd be calling 911 and calling our brother and sister and everybody we could think of saying, get this crazy guy out of here. Amen. But Elijah tells this woman whom he's never seen before. Amen. She's never seen him before. He said, fix me some food. You know the reply. She said, I've got just enough food left to fix me and my boy one more meal, and then we're going to sit down here and die. Amen. There was drought in the land. There was no rain. There was no way to grow crops. There was no money available. Everybody was in rough shape. There was nothing to eat, so we're just going to eat this little bit, and then we're going to die. And Elijah tells this strange woman whom she he's never seen before, and she's never seen him before, go ahead and fix me a meal first. And then fix you and your son a meal. Because thus saith the Lord. Let me just pause here and inject real quickly today that when you've got a word from the Lord, it really doesn't matter what's going on. When you got a word from the Lord, circumstantial evidence really doesn't amount to much. When you got a word from the Lord, what friends and family say doesn't really account for much. Amen. It doesn't matter what the economy's doing. When you got a word from the Lord, if Jesus said it, I believe it. I'm telling you tonight, there's a rain that's coming. Hallelujah. He said, if you fix mine first in obedience, you and your son won't have to worry about food until the time the rain comes again. In essence, the prophet was saying, if you'll just listen to me, everything's going to be all right because it's going to rain. Amen. The Bible summarizes and said, she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, she and he and her house did eat many days. I've come to tell somebody it's going to rain. Amen. Next, the widow's son dies. You follow it in your Bible, the widow's son dies. He, he isn't about to die. He isn't sick in the hospital. He is dead, all the way dead. She brings the boy to, to uh, Elijah. Hey Amen. They've got plenty of food that, you know, God's supplying their need for food, but the boy dies and she brings the boy to Elijah and says, Hey, what's going on? My son died. Are you punishing me for my sins? Elijah took the woman's son, carried him up to his quarters and stretched him out on the bed, began to call on the name of the Lord. I need to tell you today that even if your situation is dead today, even if what you prayed for seems dead, like there's no possibility at all, if you'll just take a moment and call on the name of the Lord, God is faithful. He will not leave you hanging. He will answer your prayer. I wish somebody helped me believe that tonight. Amen, amen. The old song says it this way. Just a little talk with Jesus makes it right all right. Now watch this. Elijah stretched himself on the boy and prays three times. I need you to understand the miracle didn't happen the first time he prayed. The miracle didn't happen the second time. He prayed. He had to pray. Three times before the miracle finally came. Amen. Sometimes we get discouraged because we take our need to the Lord in prayer. And God doesn't automatically, instantly meet our need. Amen. I need you to understand. You've got to be just a little bit faithful sometimes. You've got to be just a little bit diligent sometimes. Amen. Even now and again, it's going to take more than one prayer meeting to get your answer. Answer. Amen. If you prayed one time, just pray another time. If you prayed twice, pray another time. Amen. God is faithful today. It's going to rain. Amen. Elijah then meets the wicked king Ahab, and I'm hurrying today. Elijah hadn't seen Ahab for three and a half years. Ahab accuses Elijah of being the one responsible for all the trouble in Israel. Elijah reminds him it's because of you and because of your wicked wife Jezebel that we're in the trouble that we're in. Elijah calls for a showdown. Says get your prophets together. Meet me at Mount Carmel. There we're going to determine who is causing the problem. They were to get a sacrifice and prepare the sacrifice and pray. And the God that answered by fire, he would be God. The false prophets went first. The Bible said they cut themselves with knives and stones and the blood gushed out and still got no response from their God. Elijah's turn and he steps up. Amen. He rebuilds the altar, prepares the sacrifice and just to make it undeniably clear that Jehovah is God he added 12 barrels of water in the middle of a drought to a Sacrifice that was supposed to burn. Pray to simple prayer, and we know the story. God answered by fire. Then he speaks to Ahab and he says, listen Ahab, we've been up here on this mountain all day long. Your false prophets have been jumping around all day long. You better go get you something to eat because I hear the sound of an abundance of rain. Amen. Remember, they're way up on top of Mount Carmel. Bible scholars tell us that Ahab's palace was about 17 miles away. And so Elijah's telling Ahab Ahab, you better get something in your stomach, Ahab. You got a journey ahead. There's a rain that's coming. Amen. There was no indication of rain. The sky wasn't dark. The wind wasn't blowing. You know how the wind blows right before it's fixing a storm? There wasn't no wind blowing. There wasn't a cloud in the sky. It had been three and a half years of sunny and clear skies, and today was no different. But I've got to tell you today that when you have a word from the Lord, it doesn't matter what everything looks like. Amen. There's going to be a rain that comes. Ahab went on to eat, and the Bible said that Elijah goes to his knees in prayer. In fact, the Bible said he fell down on the ground and put his face between his knees in prayer and sends his servant up to take a look at the sea. Amen. Bible scholars also indicate that very likely... The servant here is most probably the boy that Elijah had prayed for and God raised him back to life. Amen. There's no real evidence or proof of that, but Bible scholars seem to think that that was indeed the case. So Elijah's praying. Here's the servant out looking over the Mediterranean Sea looking for some indication of rain. There is no sign of rain. The servant comes back, tells Elijah, sorry, but there's no rain, preacher. Elijah said, go on back. He goes back to prayer once, twice, three, four, six times and finally he goes back and sends him up the mountain the seventh time, the servant trudges up to the mountaintop that seventh time, seven times he looks out over the water and this time he sees the cloud. Amen. you got to remember this is a boy that very probably God had raised back to life. This was a boy that was accustomed to the miraculous. This was a boy that was accustomed to seeing the Lord do great things in his life and for people around him. So when he trudged back up that mountain the seventh time and looked out that seventh time and saw just that little bitty cloud, he came a-running back down the hill and said, Hey, preacher, I see a cloud. It's not a big cloud, but it's a cloud. Amen. There's a rain that's coming. Amen. I gotta tell you today you may have gone to the mountaintop in prayer over and over again asking God to answer your request you may have labored in prayer and trusted God for a blessing to come and no blessing has come yet I need you to hear this preacher tonight there's a rain that's coming amen I see a cloud today amen it's not a big cloud it's nothing to get excited about as far as the world is concerned but there's a rain that's coming there's a rain that's coming amen stand with me if you will indicators may be small today indications for rain weather man may only say that it's 10% chance and that only for maybe an hour or so But when you're accustomed to dealing with a, a miraculous God, when you're accustomed to dealing with a God that can do the impossible, it doesn't have to be a long possibility of rain or a big percentage for rain. When you got your faith in Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter what anybody else says, there's a rain coming. You can call me crazy if you want to, but I'm calling for a Holy Ghost outpouring. <laughs> Say, wait a minute, preacher, we don't have hardly anybody here tonight. That's all right. There's a rain coming. You might as well get ready for it. Get your umbrella ready because it's gonna happen. It it may be something like muffins with mom. You sit back and just scratch your head and say, Pastor, how in the world is that ever going to bring anybody to church? I need you to hear what I'm telling you today. There's a rain coming. There's a rain coming. You know what? It might even be just a community garage sale. How in the world is it going to do any good for us to sit up all night and cook Boston butts? I just had to say that while I was preaching. how in the world is that gonna do any good it doesn't have to be a big thing there's a rain coming there's a rain coming oh i wish somebody hear what i'm preaching to you tonight there's a rain coming brother anderson for every prayer that you've ever prayed i'm saying god don't hold back the rain Every time you ever fasted, Sister Anderson, I'm saying, God, don't hold back the rain. Every time you've had prayer meeting and you got on your face before God and it seemed like the heaven was brass and nothing was changing, I'm saying, don't hold back the rain, God. There's a rain that's coming. There's a rain that's coming. I need y'all to help me tonight. I don't know if this is your tradition on Wednesday night. If it's not, forgive me. I'll be gone in just a little bit. I need everybody that's here. Just come join me real close here in the front. Would you do that? Come on. Just gather in real close.